This week on The Swearwolves, we are discussing two slasher films from the early 1980s, Maniac and Madman. the Swearwolves Horror Podcast, the podcast that discusses all things horror. I'm Brett. I'm David. I'm Alan. Gentlemen, welcome back once again, remotely. Mm. Yay. <laughs> it's like our, what is this, like our fifth show doing remote? No, it's way more than that, I think. I don't know. Is it? It feels like forever. It does. It feels like a really long time. It's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hopefully soon, uh, we can all get back together and yeah. see each other in person and stay six feet apart. Um, no, I'm never going to let you go. <laughs> I'm going to hold you in my arms forever. I'm never going to let you go. I'm going to hold, hold you in my arms, arms forever. For some reason, I heard a Roxette song today, mm-hmm. and I thought of David. I don't know why. I was just like, what song gonna... was it? Was it She's Got the Look? No, it was... No, 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 no. Was it... Uh... It was Pretty Woman. And oh. I didn't think of you because, oh, like, it oh. must have been love. Yeah. But it's, but it's over now. Yeah. I just mm. thought, like, if we were at David's house and I started singing it, he would pick right up on it. That's <laughs> oh, yeah. out of him. Uh-huh. I didn't think of him because, like, he's the <laughs> Julia Roberts by Richard Gere. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't snap but, that box right at my hand. Let me go. Yep. <laughs> yep. Which part of the Julia Roberts to my Richard Gere? <laughs> and now Alan, Alan's the Jason Alexander. He's Jason Alexander. <laughs> The creepy uh, guy who's trying to fuck you. Um, <laughs> but so, anyway. so true to life. Yes. Hey, quick before we get started on the on the show this week, um, I wanted to mention this. It's not horror related at all, but I highly recommend. Um, you can't say it. <laughs> I highly recommend uh, people watch it if they can. The Beastie Boys documentary. I heard oh, that was yeah. really good. It is fucking awesome. Like, got me so. I watched it. My wife and I watched it last night. When it ended, I said, "God." I feel so like nostalgic for the nineties. Like I know they're around in the eighties, obviously, but I think their best music came out in the nineties. Yeah. And, uh, it was just like, and they were showing clips of them on MTV and everything. And I was like, remember when MTV was good? Remember when, (laughs) uh, the beastie boys were around, you know, and then it got sad too, because they talk about MCA and at the end, you know, and about him dying and, it was just, I don't know. It was just, it yeah. was sad. He was, my, was. he was my favorite beastie. I was a big, really big Yauk fan. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when they degraded women? <laughs> well, talk about they're like ashamed of that. that song, girls. They've like apologized. Oh. They spent years, I think, apologizing uh, for girls. Like, sorry. Well, and Ad Rock has a good line. Actually, Mike D quotes Ad Rock. They're on stage together, and Mike D says the best line ever was when uh, Adam 
was getting asked by an interviewer about like, how can you like talk about, you know, women's rights and everything now, but back then he's like, you're a hypocrite. And he goes, I'd rather be a hypocrite. Something, something along the lines of like, I'd rather be a hypocrite than always be an asshole or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, well then people um, evolve, people change. They were also, and again, I don't want to get too far into the weeds in this. Cause like I said, it's not horror related, but <laughs> it's like my generation, you know, our generation of, of music. And, and I think they had a big impact on that, but you know, the, the when they were with Def Jam, it's like yeah. re- realistically and in, in not so many words, they basically say that, um, Russell Simmons really like fucked them over. Hmm. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. When they got with Def Jam, um, and uh, what's his nuts, Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin. Um, you know they 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 had that album, but they were like the Three Stooges of rap. You know what I mean? Like he used them. It could have been any three white guys. Is basically yeah, what yeah. They said. I don't think they're really taken seriously till Paul's boutique. Yeah, and then and then obviously uh, they talk about that, and that was a flop. But then they did Check Your Head and um, License to Ill. Oh, uh, after Check Your Head was um, communication. Ill Communication. Which yeah, Ill Communication. Mm-hmm. I always mix them up for whatever reason, but yeah. So Check Your Head and Ill Communication were like basically like one album just divided oh, yeah, yeah. into two. That sabotage video was awesome. fucking awesome. It was like it was so often played i remember when i was a little kid and watching that sabotage video and like I, you just don't forget it and that really that really took them to the next level i think that was like i think that was like 94 yeah and when they showed right. when they showed when they showed clips of the sabotage video that's what started making me feel nostalgic yeah so well, you know what that that sabotage video is great because looking back on it it it's it's like all those they they totally took from like those Euro crime movies where they got they all have the mustaches <laughs> yeah. and the haircuts and it's just And like, realistically they were just fucking around. Yeah, it's like awesome. It was it was them with a with a camcorder and Spike and Spike Jones. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and, uh you know that that kind of put Spike Jones on the map too. Yeah. When right. he was directing those music videos for them and then he started getting and I think he directed probably like a Bjork video. Was it him that directed a Bjork video? I'm not sure. I don't know, but I'll tell you what. I fucking hate that Fat Boy Slim video where they're in of front Christopher of Christopher Walken. No, no, where they're in front of the theater and they're like, you know, they're like flash mob or something, and they're like they're dancing. dancing. They're the dance group, and they're like uh, break dancing. Yeah, I was that praise you? Oh, yeah, I think that, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was praise you. Anyway, uh, so the Christopher so, Walken one was cool. Yeah, that video yeah, is awesome. Uh, so we're gonna do a dance number. Dance <laughs> <laughs> on the ceiling. Highly recommend that uh, Beastie Boys story. Uh, I think it's on Apple Plus TV. Um, so if you subscribe to Apple, Apple Plus TV, watch that. If you don't, well, you'll be able to rent it, I'm sure. Uh, so th- this week, movies. Um, oh, yeah. I picked the movies this week. Uh, I picked two movies that I had never seen before that I thought in title and basic plot understanding and time period, too. Um, also, because like I like slasher films. like They're my go-to. Right. Um, so that's kind of why I went to these movies. So the first one is uh, Maniac, and it's debatable on the times, the years that these came out. But Maniac is listed as 1980, and then 81. Yeah. So we'll it say 80. Film, slash it was filmed 80. in 80. Yeah, yeah. And Madman will say 81 slash 82 yeah. slash 83. Uh, or early 80s. <laughs> yeah, early 80s. So Maniac and Madman. Um, 
David, have you seen these? No, I'd never seen either of them. I'd never even heard of Madman. Uh, so, so you haven't seen them. I hadn't seen them. Uh, Alan, had you seen them? I have. Um, I've seen them both. Okay. Um, so, so, so what do you guys think? <laughs> Let's get to this is kind of a review for Alan, uh, but a first time viewing for for David and I. So let's uh, talk a bit a, l- a little bit about Maniac first. Uh, like I said, filmed in eighty, released in eighty one, uh, directed by William Lustig. Uh, William Lustig. Oh, Lustig. 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 Okay. Well, so I'll call him Bill. He also directed. Uh, he liked the term maniac so much. I was gonna that say, he decided, like, I, I looked a, a third of his movies. I think had the word maniac in the title. Well, Maniac Cop, Maniac Cop yeah. Two, and Maniac Cop Three, uh, which I have never seen any of the Maniac Cop movies either. So uh, I'll have to check those out. Some we'll have to review those. There's, um, there's like 20 Charles Bronson films with the word death in it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, but and Charles Bronson was the same character in every single one. Yeah, films. pretty much. It was Charles yeah. Bronson. Yeah. <laughs> Um, something about, uh, uh, Lustig. um, he did, uh, a movie called Vigilante, which is really, it's one of my favorite movies. Um, and the Maniac Cop series is great too. He didn't do a lot of directing. Like he kind of, he did like, I think only four, uh, films in the nineties, uh, a little trivia. He is the CEO of Blue Underground. I the, saw that, the yeah. So, so that's kind of cool. What is Blue Underground? It, is it's that? a DVD and, and Blu-ray label. Oh, okay. And they got a lot of great films on that label, like a lot of hard-to-find stuff. Uh, but he's also been in a few uh, Sam, Sam Raimi films, like Small Roles. Hmm. Oh. So he's there. I think they're kind of buddies. But um, cool. yeah, he was in Army of Darkness and Darkman. Uh, the movie was written by C.A. Rosenberg and Joe Spinell. Yep. Uh, music stars. Yeah, we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, music by Jay Chataway, who also did the music for a couple of the Maniac Cop movies and Silver Bullet, to kind of say his horror background. Um, sp- and the special effects were by Tom Savini. Uh, Tom Savini must have been coming off of, what, Dawn of the Dead at this point? Friday the 13th. Uh, Friday the 13th. Yeah. Oh, yeah, probably, yeah, Friday the 13th, too. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, as well. Um so yes, uh, Alan's right. The movie also stars Joe Spinell, who who wrote it, and he plays Frank Zito. Hey, I'm Frank Zito. Frank Zito, um, motherfucker. Are you guys and, familiar and, with him at all? Yes. Yeah. So that's what I was going to get at. Was Joe Spinell? Well, what I was probably most familiar with him was from wow. his role in Godfather and his role in Rocky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the same. He was in Godfather one and two, and Rocky one and two. Yes, and and he was also in Taxi Driver. Uh, probably just. A bit part in that. I don't really remember him in that movie, but Godfather because he uh, kills one of the bosses in the turnstile uh, door at the end when when Michael's doing the baptism and every and all the like heads of the families all get whacked. Then Mo Green gets whacked in the eye, and then there's you know a couple other guys that Clement, Fat Clemenza shoots in the uh, elevator, and then uh, Joe Spinell is one of the guys. Um, I forget his name in that. It's some Italian name. Uh, but he's also he's also in Rocky, and he plays like uh, doesn't he play oh, like Willie Cece? Willie Cece. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um. So yes. Yeah, so Joe Spinell's in it. We also got Carolyn Monroe as Anna, Gail Lawrence as Rita, Kelly Piper as the nurse. Tom Savini plays Disco Boy, and Hyla Merrill plays Disco Girl. I don't know if you remember Carolyn Monroe, a beautiful English actress. She was in Slaughter High. I remember. Hey, yeah, when she popped up on screen, I was like, where do I know her from? And then I had to look it up. It's like, oh, yeah. 
Slaughter High. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. She was like she was like forty seven when they filmed yeah, yeah. Slaughter High in the high school, playing like a seventh year old. But she is still gorgeous, and I think that's what you said last time. Yeah. Um, so the movie centers around uh, Joe Spinell's character Frank, and we we don't know much about him at the beginning, but uh, except for the fact that he's a fucking nut job, right? Uh, yeah, he's got uh, mannequins strewn across his apartment. Yeah, he has um, clippings on the wall. He has pictures, old pictures on the wall. He lives yeah. alone. He has difficulty breathing. Yeah, well, he's not in the best shape either. No, he's no. not. He's got a no. dad bod at, at best. At best, he's got at a dad best. bob, and he's got the face only a mother could love. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's not an attractive guy. No, his face looks like sausage like coming out of the casing. It's rough. <laughs> It's like it's it's like late seventies New York. It's just like everything about it screams like very unhealthy and very yeah, yeah. Like, his face is like <laughs> hamburger meat. And I did think about I did think Lots about of you. cigarettes, I'm sure. Oh yeah. I did think about you, Alan, while I was watching this because I know that you have an affinity for this, I believe, and, and so do I. New York, like late seventies, early eighties, yes. New York streets. Like yes. Brooklyn and the Bronx and even downtown yeah. like Times Square. Like I right. really love that. I do too. Not yeah, especially, not yeah. So, so I was gonna ahead. say, especially like when I see them like in wintertime and they got like I don't know, and there's like exhaust and like everything's dirty and grungy. Like I really like that look and for some reason. And it's real. It's a time capsule and it's real because these crews who did these movies, especially when they're filmed in New York, they they literally went out late at night because they didn't want to pay for a permit. They didn't want to fuck with the cops. They'd literally go out to some seedy section. Guerrilla style. And, yeah. And Times Square, Manhattan, that area of New York back was, then was not, not a not tourist good. attraction. It was not. And, and we've talked about this before. And it, it was only great. a tourist attraction, but it was not a place that you'd want to go. It still was a tourist attraction because it was like, oh, I saw all the prostitutes, right? Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> drug dealers. Like, a, lot of, a lot of adult yeah. movie theaters. If you were if you were a businessman out of town, like that was that was the kind of place you would go to. If, if, if but you if you were in New York, but if you were if you were a family guy, if you had a family, you did not go to Times Square unless you wanted to pick up a prostitute. I'm not even sure <laughs> if you went to New York. Um, but anyway, so we see Frank and he goes out and he, and actually we're talking about prostitution. We see a couple of prostitutes talking about what they got to do for the rest of the night. The people on the beach, he kills them. There's a couple on the beach. Oh, the very beginning. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so he takes, he awakens, he, he wakens from that. It's a nightmare. Yeah. I took it as it was kind of a flashback. He was like, he was reliving it. Maybe, but he wakes up because it was in the paper. It was in the paper and they said it on the newscast. Well, anyway, he, uh, prostitute hits on him and he takes her up to a hotel room and he pays the extra $5 to get cable. (laughs) (laughs) Did you like how the, the guy at the desk who I think was actually the director, uh, asked him if they were going to stay for the continental breakfast. That was kind of a funny line. He was very comfortable on camera and I, I, you know, very minor character, but I, I loved his character. Like it was just very like. Like very kind of funny, and then the other prostitute you know. was standing there, and she what did she what did she say to him? She was like, I don't know. She was trying to work off like a money that she owed him. I think <laughs> she's like she's like, what's the matter with you or something like that? Like it but, was like, uh, a funny moment. They go up to the room, they start fucking around. He's kind of weird, like whatever. We well, know he that he's to be like a model, like a like. You know, do you, do you know like he was like, do you ever do you ever model or have you ever seen those magazines? So like, you want me to model? And she's like, yeah. And then she starts taking off her clothes, and she's like. He's like, don't take off your clothes. Yeah, leave them yeah. Out. Whatever, you know. And she's like posing and stuff. You know, it was really weird. 
when they started making out, like I felt really bad for her because he was like he rolled on top of her, and it had to be like a steamroller, man. <laughs> like that could not have felt yeah. good. Yeah, he was on top of her, and they're like dry humping, and then he just starts strangling her. Yeah, and that strangle scene lasted really long, and she was like screaming for help. Yeah. Like if if he was actually strangling her, I don't know if she yeah. would scream, but right. Um, no one cared. No one heard. They yeah, probably never the sound. Yeah, and he kills her. The kind of place you probably hear screams all the time. Yeah. Uh, he kills her. He scalps her. Uh, and then he goes back home and he's got wrapped up something really large wrapped up. I mean, it's not her body because he's it's like. A, I thought it at first, but I was like, that bag is like way too light. Like, that's a stupid. It's prop. way too stiff and it's way too yeah. light. And then and when he unwrapped it, I was like, oh, okay, that, uh, you're forgiven. Yeah. Yeah. It's a mannequin. Yeah. And uh, he takes and he like nails the scalp. Of yeah. his victim to the mannequin's head, yeah. and it's a run, um, it's a reoccurring trend with every victim. He's got a he's got a scalp from every victim. Yeah, and that's his. And that's like his, you know, serial killer trademark. Dude, I felt yeah. kind of bad when I was watching that scene, like just how desensitized I think I've become watching these movies. Because like as he's doing yeah. all this gross stuff, I was like, oh, he's got Cracker Jacks. They get Cracker Jacks <laughs> in his apartment. I was like, oh, Cracker Jacks. He did have Cracker Jacks, and he, yeah, he, he eats them later in the movie. His apartment is a like. It's it's a really good like I Spy, you know. Remember those books? Yeah, I Spy. Yeah, yeah. Where they take those really those they take a photograph of objects. I've always loved those books, and you got and it's like a riddle, and it's like a little riddle or a poem or something at the bottom. Yeah, those well, are really cool books, and his apartment's like that. Yeah, I Spy for fucking psychopaths. Uh, <laughs> but um, then he goes out again. He packs up his violin case with uh, a bunch of know, shotgun. Yeah. This is when we see the Tom Savini character and the broad that he's trying to hook up with, who's got a boyfriend. Yeah, that, that was weird. Uh, then I was like, maybe she's just playing along. Like, oh, like, I, I don't want my boyfriend to find out. Maybe. It was just kind of a it was, weird, it was weird thing. Like, why even say that? But he was like rolling his eyes when she said boyfriend, and he was like, oh, God. But... Anyway, she succumbs to his manly ways. <laughs> Tom Savini's a little guy, huh? Yeah. He was I mean, I've met him movie. in person. He's a little guy, but he uh, he's definitely was shorter than her. Uh, they get into the backseat, and they start getting all hot and heavy, and she sees... This was creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it really was. Frank's face, like, looking into the window, and that creeps her out. It creeped me out, too. You know what was really great? I, I think it's cool that you mentioned that. Like, you were creeped out. I think the, the music really added to it too yeah and that's something i I do want to talk about uh later too is is the music in this movie but uh this was like a really cool scene uh really cool death scene actually because uh the girl's freaked out she says let's get the fuck out of here she gets into the front seat and of course it's a two-door so savini has to get out i thought he was gonna get whacked right there Mm -hmm. but then i remembered like i seen his death before in this movie because it was yeah. like on a highlight reel in a documentary or something so i'm like oh i know how he dies yeah. but he so he gets into the front seat and he turns the car on turns the lights on and there's frank just standing in front of the car and savini's like what the fuck and then pulls out the shotgun he, he runs and jumps on the hood yeah and boom oh man yeah. it was like a cantaloupe getting hit by a sledgehammer that was yeah. awesome yeah you're right it was yeah. full gallagher and there was like a slow motion effect. You had the music. You had the sounds. It was a it, very good yeah. practical special effect. Agreed. Like, if you freeze it, like you can tell, like obviously it's a well. Obviously, we know it's a fake yeah. head, but if you freeze it, you can be like, all right, clearly. But yeah. when you're watching the film, and if you're not expecting it, like yeah. 
it happens so quick, but yet it's so good that it's just like. Can you imagine in the theater, like watching that, and it's just like fuck, you know? Especially what in nineteen eighty. I yeah. had never seen, I mean, I hadn't seen this movie and I, w- I had never seen the clip, so I didn't know what was going to happen. So when he turned on the lights and he blew his head off, I, I was shocked. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Um, Girl cool. screaming. Um, uh, a little side trivia. That was actually Tom Savini pulling the trigger. And uh, they had to ditch, they had to ditch the car. It's in the East River. Um, because they had to do it quick enough to where the cops. No permit. And, no permit. Like I said, they were doing this late at night. They had to do it quick, you know, and then they had to ditch everything to avoid the police, basically. And the car, and they put the car into the river? East River, yep. That's, wow. a, yeah, per, that's, that's according to Tom, Tom Savini said that. That's, that's crazy. So he, uh, Frank, kills the, kills the girl, too. We, we don't see it. It's kind of like we see the gunshot go off. We hear her screaming first and see her screaming, and then the gunshot goes off, and it kind of cuts. Um, yeah. So like the next day he's out, uh, Frank's out like in central park or wherever, someplace in New York. And, uh, there's some kids playing on a playground and, uh, their mothers aren't paying attention to really good mothers. <laughs> They're like yeah. ending it up, right? They're like, Oh, I can't believe that Tommy wanted me to do that. And <laughs> like the kids are like, let's get on our bikes and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and so they get on their bikes and they start heading out. And one of them runs into Frank. Yeah. And There's Frank, Uncle Frank, <laughs> creepy pock face Uncle Frank, and he's all, "Hey, you gotta watch where you're riding that bike," or whatever he says to her. Yeah. But off in the distance, there's a photographer who's taking pictures. Apparently, like she just likes to take random candid photos of people, people like children. without their permission. Yeah. And she takes a she takes a picture of Frank, and Frank sees it mm-hmm. that she did. Yeah, and he kind of moses his way over there, and he sees her um, camera case. And he looks, and it's got her address on it. So he has like he's got a photographic memory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got a photographic memory, and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna hook up with her later." Yeah. That. And then we get another kill. Uh, this was a cool kind of chase scene because this this actually takes up a good portion of the film, but I think it does a good job because it's like we get some really quick kills at the beginning. Like the first beach scene is kind of a quicker kill yeah. scene, right? Mm-hmm. Right. With the couple on the beach. And then we got the Savini kill, which is like gruesome and like really special effects heavy. And then you got the one with the nurse. There's a nurse. She's waiting for a ride at the end of her shift at night. And, yeah. and they know about the killings, right? And they're yeah. like kind of scared. Yeah, the nurses right. are talking and the one says, you know, do you need a ride? And she's like, no, I'm okay. And, you know, and then the events that lead up, you're just thinking, man, she should have just went with her friend. Obviously, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, she sees somebody like kind of off in the distance and she gets scared because she knows there's this killer. Yeah. And so she runs, I don't know, down the empty S subway station <laughs> in the yeah. history of the world. Um, but the, but the reason why it's a good scene is because it's a lot of tension. Mm-hmm. It's built up. Yeah. It's very, scene. Ca- very cat and mouse, very yeah. cat. And mouse. She goes into the subway. She tries to get on the train. She goes through like locked turnstiles. She ends up in a bathroom. And he's not running after her, like, but you know he's he's nearby. He's approaching. That's what makes it suspenseful. You can hear he, him breathing. He's he's very relaxed. <sighs> like he's very like you know, he's very uh, like I guess intuitive almost. 
And yeah. she's very panicked, and she's very, you know, kind of just... She's another one, though, that can't stop making noise when she's right. high. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. tell me about it. In that, stall? in that bathroom stall? Yeah, and she's all... My wife is, like, yelling at the screen. She's like, shut, shut the, the fuck, fuck up! up. <laughs> Dude, sometimes those are the best movies when you're yelling at the screen. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so uh, he follows her, or he thinks that she's in the bathroom, so he goes in there, and she can kind of see that he's in there, and then he leaves. And so she's like, oh, it's all done. Yeah. Before he looks in the last one, he's just like, just kind of leave. Yeah. And so she gets out and she's like, and this, I don't know if this was the first time we ever get this in motion picture history, but it's an early case of the mirror scare where somebody's looking in the mirror. They look down, the camera follows them down. And then when they look yeah. back up in the reflection, the killer's behind yeah. them. Uh, so this is an early case of that, uh, which I thought it worked really well. And I even called it out when she was looking in the mirror, I go mirror scare. Mm-hmm. And then, it happens, and he slits her throat. Yeah. So not not gruesome in uh, like the Savini head blowing up way, but like I yeah. said, it's a very good tension, high tension uh, scene, and a good impalement. And he's scalped. <laughs> yeah. Then uh, he a uh, couple days later, uh, uh, he goes to Anna's apartment, and he's like, "Hey, you were taking a picture of me at the park the other day." And she's like, "Oh, come on in, let's be yeah. besties." And when she wasn't like, "Hey, how the fuck did you get my address?" Like, yeah, she doesn't really even question it. She's like, "Oh yeah, of course, come on in." <laughs> and I will say this about Frank's character. Okay, so he we know he's a creepazoid. By the way, he also when he's at his apartment is talking to himself. He's yes. got two personalities, uh-huh. right? Um, so he's like this kind of calm, like guy and then he's this other guy who's like i can't yeah. believe we just did that um, at the, at the, since, since the beginning of the movie it kind of gives us like little glimpses of like what the fuck is wrong with this guy like i think early on in the film he changes shirts and you see these scars on his chest yeah yeah, yeah right in the beginning and then as he after he kills a few victims i think he's like like you can tell after a while he has mommy issues yeah, that that's going to come up uh, real quick here. But he makes fast friends with this photographer. Oh, that's what I was going to say. He's got this suave personality about yes. him when he's talking mm-hmm. to people. Like he's yes. not he's not I mean, yeah, he's he not should, weird. He should indulge that. Like, yeah, be yeah. that guy. Yeah, don't be a mass murdering shithead. Yeah, yeah be nice. <laughs> Breathe normally into the nose, out yeah. the mouth or whatever, or just the nose. <laughs> Like, he's not, like, an over-the-top flirt, but he's very, like, he has, like, this charm to him. Like, just kind of, like, this big guy charm. Like this I mean, Italian, he's, like, he's, like, this Italian cool New guy, York. right? Yeah, not- he's, like, and, he, and he, tells, he tells Anna, the photographer, he's, like, oh, I'm an artist, you know. I, I admire the way you take these photographs. You and know? he's got his opinions about the photographs, and he seems intelligent enough. And yeah. she, like, she likes him. I got yeah. the feeling that she wasn't just being nice. That yeah. she actually kind of dug him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they went out on some uh, a date to go get some coffee or whatever it was. And then she invites him to her uh, art exhibition. And, like, he goes and, and meets up with her. Well, one of these times, and then that happens for a little while. One of these times she's doing a session and the best song in the world is playing. Uh, <laughs> I got to play the song. You got the song? I think so. Hold on. <laughs> Yeah, Frank's there, and and she's like in the middle of like you know the photograph session, and one of the models is Rita, and like there's a guy there, and he's all critical, you know, so he's critical of like Rita's necklace, 
Yeah, so and she takes it off. She mm-hmm. takes it off, and that's kind of key into the next scene. Yeah, so Frank picks it up before yeah. he leaves. And because uh, Anne's like, hey, you know, you can hang out. You know, she's really nice. She gives Frank a kiss on the cheek. She introduces yeah. Frank to Rita. And, and he's, uh, very, he's very charming. Like, yeah. Super charming. Yeah. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, you're much more beautiful in person, you know, like. And then, and then like, and then and like. He's so cool. Rita and Anne walk off and then they're like whispering and giggling and they look back at Frank. So it's like, oh, you know, they're kind of flirty, flirty, right? Yeah, Maybe yeah. Rita was like, oh, I, I'm hoping to like take a ride on his hog later. <laughs> Dude. Okay. Fucking Frank is the fucking king of New York, like right here. He is. But he's so uh, fucking damaged. Like, <laughs> so, forget about it. So all the, uh, Rita goes home. She gets a knock on the door and it's Frank. And he's like, hey, I was there. You left your necklace here. And she's like, oh, thanks so much. And uh, she, he comes in. Well, no, she she's actually pretty smart. Like she doesn't let him in. She kind of holds it like at the door. But then he, right. he, he tapes like the... Uh, like a the pe- door so it can right so, so it doesn't open. actually latch so she shuts the door yeah. thinking he's gone but like the door you yeah. push it open i thought that was pretty clever it was clever and he doesn't also ask to come in you're right, right david I, I apologize uh he he actually is really cool about it and he's like all right well see you later yeah but you see him like like he said mm-hmm. tape the door and the mannerisms are key so this is this is really smart on the on the character he's playing and the way he performs he takes off his beanie like and as the audience, you think like, oh, he's he wants to come in. He wants to kill her. He takes off his beanie and he's, you know, very complimentary. Like, oh, here, you know, you left this. And she's like, oh, thank you. And he's like, all right, well, and he puts his beanie back on. Yeah. So that tells the audience, oh, he's leaving. That tells the character of Rita, oh, he's leaving. He means no harm. But, yeah, like yeah. he took off his hat out of respect. Right. And then he put it back on to show that he's gone. So he, he right. takes off, but he really doesn't. I love uh, little things like that. He gets back in, then he attacks her, and, uh, oh, he ties her to a bed, mm-hmm. yeah. and he starts talking about her like it's his mom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Right. That's when we find out for real that he's got these mommy issues, and then he yeah, we get Yeah, we get, little, we get little clues up to this point. Yeah, mom was a prostitute. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he scalps her, adds it to his collection. Um, and then, uh, you know, everything's fine. He's back with Anna. She's like, thanks for coming to the funeral. I think before this, at some point in the movie, they went to dinner. They, you know, they, they went out to a restaurant, but then like this time she says, you know, I I really appreciate you going to the funeral. You know, it was really nice. So I imagine some time had passed. Yeah, exactly. Some time had passed. Cause it was like around Christmas time. Cause then he was like, Hey, cause they were going to go out to a show. And he's like, hey, do you mind if we stop yeah. by the cemetery? I, I like to put a wreath on my mom's grave. They go to the cemetery, and he starts uh, he starts acting weird. <laughs> he starts uh, he starts crying, you know, and he says, "Rita knew." He starts doing some Rita knew, yeah. like knew, yeah. knew what? Frank? He starts doing some like hail marys, and then yeah, yeah he goes into the, like Rita knew, and you know Anna's like, "What? What are you talking about?" Like you know and that's he, that's what clicks. Yep, and he attacks Anna, but Anna's like smarter and faster than everybody away. else in this yeah. movie. And Frank's cardio is pretty poor, so she yeah. hits him with a shovel. She hits him with a shovel, cuts his arm. Yeah. And uh she takes off. Yeah. And then uh and then he starts hallucinating. He sees his mother like attack him like, like you know, a zombie. The- zombie. It pops out of the yeah. grave, yeah. The grave. But he goes back to his apartment and, and he's, he's like yeah, he's wounded. He's like delirious at this point. Like he's like a switch has flipped 
and he's no longer king of New York. Now he's just king of the psychos, <laughs> and um, he's like hallucinating. And uh, his mannequins, he he sees them come to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're all like uh, straight out of like Dawn of the Dead zombie looking people, yeah. like blue skin, yeah, and they're yeah, like, yeah. it's definitely definitely you could see Savini's Savini. impact yeah, absolutely. Uh, on- and they all yes. attack him, and he's laying. And they in rip the him bed. apart. Yeah, they're they're ter- they're they're moving his head around. Yeah, they pop his head off. That yeah. was pretty. That was pretty cool. Yeah. That was pretty. That was pretty rad. Um, the police the police show up the next morning because Rita or Anne, sorry, called the police. The police yeah, show up. These two. These two fucking coaches. <laughs> yeah, these are like, pretty pretty like, dumb cops. They're like straight out of that sabotage video, though. <laughs> they're like, hair and everything. Yes. Yeah, but they go in there and they see. That he's dead, like he's he's been stabbed. Yeah, like, like he, he killed himself. himself. Yeah, in the chest. But they don't check. Like they don't check his pulse or anything. Oh. No, they're just like, oh, he, he's, he's dead. He's so dead. Well, they close. Let's, yeah. get out of, well, let's get out of here. Case closed. Then we get a close up on Frank's mug, and yeah. uh, his beefy face, his eyes, his open. eyeballs pop. Yeah, <laughs> and it had a cool effect, like you know, and this and the music. Good music throughout, and I'm sure we'll cover that. Yeah, so that's the end of the movie. Um, yeah. One thing that I did want to mention, the budget for this movie was $350,000, um, yeah. and box office-wise, it made $10 million. Nice. So pretty successful film, um, and I think it's been more successful in home media, obviously, sure. when VHS, beta, DVD, Blu-ray, uh, streaming. Uh, a lot of people come back to this movie as far as like critics are concerned and they rank it as one of the best slasher films of all time um i would probably agree with that i'll go ahead and do my review i i really dug this movie as far as a slasher flick goes i think Mm -hmm. it's an early it's a good example of what a good slasher film should be um yes he's not a monster that wears a mask he's not michael myers or jason Voorhees. um he's not yeah. a monster that lives in your dreams like a freddy krueger yeah but he's a monster that can exist among us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think that's the scariest thing yes he's not an attractive guy but he doesn't necessarily have to be but he's not also like repulsive either like he's just <laughs> a no dude. he's not yeah he's just he's, a dude from the late 70s yeah, just right? a, he's a grease ball. Right. yeah yeah um but I think the best part about it, and something we kind of talked about for a little while there, was his suaveness. He kind of had a charm to him. Yes. Yeah, so he was really weird and crazy, and his apartment was dirty. And you could just smell his apartment through the TV. Like, you could, like, I knew what it smelled. It smelled like sweat, like ball sweat. <laughs> uh, it smelled like duck butter. <laughs> yeah, like like Cheeto puffs. Yeah. And, and kind of like. And balls. <laughs> balls <laughs> yeah it, it yeah it, it was smells not, like this it, is the cops that's why they got out of here They're like it smells like cheetos and balls in here let's get the hell out of here and dust <laughs> and 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 like old dust um like dirt but uh like dirt farts like, you ever <laughs> fart and it smells like a dirt <laughs> yeah but anyway uh so he has all that going on for him but when he's out like he's dressed nicely he yeah. talks with a certain charm and he's able to woo this 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 beautiful photographer, right? She's almost a model. Yeah. Um, into like thinking. The only thing that I would say was is I would have maybe have liked to see how the relationship like went along. You know, like it happened really quick. Right. You know That's what I'm a saying? Good point. That's a good point. But 
the movie was good. I thought uh, the the special effects were really good. I thought the music was really good too. This Jay Chataway, um, I thought he did a really good job with with making that creepy like uh, music when it needed to be in all the right moments. All the right moments. Uh, I thought even the song that they used, that disco tech going <laughs> to the showdown, I it, ser- was- it served its purpose. But I thought it was good because it put me in that in time era. Yeah. This is like a period piece almost now. <laughs> right. uh, at the time, it was contemporary, but for us, it's not. Um, so uh, I don't think they should have remade it, which they did with Elijah Wood, which I didn't. I've never seen the remake, but I, I read. We'll cover it in the future. Yeah, we can. I guess um, I read about it, and I think they get too far into the weeds. I don't think you need to get that far into the weeds about his motivation and everything. Just knowing what we know and just seeing this, I thought Joe Spinell did a wonderful job. Um, so anyway, wrap it up. I'm going to give it four heads. Four. Um, I think it was a, one of the better slasher films that I've seen in a long time. David, what did you think of this? You had never seen this before either, correct? I, yeah, I had never seen it. And I'll be honest, I went in with pretty low expectations. I was expecting a, a really trashy movie. And in some ways, in a lot of ways, it is trashy. Um, but in ways that I found it's, to it's be gritty. really... It's gritty, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. And that's what I liked about it. Like the grittiness, like the the New York feel. Uh, um, I thought the some of the kills were were interesting. Like even the beginning, the beach scene, it, he kills the guy by like choking him with piano wire or something like that. It looked cool. And then the yeah. guy, you get the close up of his feet kicking, like as he's struggling. I thought that was cool. The Tom Savini head explosion, dude, was dude awesome. yeah, yeah, right. that was super cool. Um, yeah. I thought most of the characters um, behaved normal, like or behaved normally. They behaved realistically. Like, yeah, I thought the photographer character was the only one that I had to suspend some disbelief. Like, eh, you don't really seem like a real person. But I thought like um, the nurses leaving the hospital acted kind of like how I think normal people would. That when he returns yeah. the necklace, the woman doesn't invite him in like she's suspicious or she's, you know, yeah. kind of keeping him at arm's length or whatever. For, for a movie in 1980, it's very smart, would you say? Yeah, way sm- well, and a lot smarter than I was expecting. Um, and I don't want to rehash everything that, that Brett said, but I, I thought um, I thought Joe Spinell's performance was really good too. Uh, I thought the movie just was well written. I know I already said it, but a lot better than I expected. So I, I was three and a half on this one. Three and a half. Okay, um, I'll try to be quick. Um, uh, up until this point, a lot of movies were you know like had mystery elements where they had the killer, and it was like. Who's the killer? Who done it? You know, um, a lot of horror movies use the mystery element. This one was just right to the point. It was like, this is the guy, and there's something wrong with him. Um, there's no protagonist in this movie, and it reminded me a lot of, of I don't know if you guys have ever seen uh, <clears throat> Bad Lieutenant with Harvey Keitel. It's an Abel Ferrara movie. It's a great movie. It's, it focuses on a central character who's, like, not a good person. And you kind of just see them go along in their daily or nightly routine. And they kind of just spiral into, like, some kind of downfall. There's no hero. There's no hero in this film. There's, so there's a lot of parallels that I find with Abel Ferrara's Bad Lieutenant and uh, Maniac. Did we ever get a Bad Lieutenant Maniac cop? Like, uh, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Um, but it, it also kind of reminds me of King of New York a little bit. That's a number able, another able Ferrari. That's Christopher Walken. But, 
Um, it has a, you know, it's a central character. And like, like Dave, like you touched up on, on Joe Spinell, like he did fantastic portraying this character. He was charming. He was also scary. He was just this, I don't know, enigma or something, you know. And then as the movie progresses, you start to realize, okay, this is what's wrong with him. And ultimately, he snaps at the cemetery and, you know, that's his downfall. He just loses it. He's not as calculated as we thought he was. But I wish they had, I think, Brett, you touched up on this. I wish they had progressed their relationship a little bit more. I would have liked to have seen like more of a foundation between uh, Anna and Frank's characters, you know, more of a buildup. Maybe give that us a montage been, with another cool song. <laughs> where there's more of a buildup and then you got something where he snaps. This is arguably my favorite slasher film. And I'm glad that Brett chose it because I've been kind of sitting on this one for a while. I was kind of waiting for somebody to bring it up because this is a film you like at horror conventions, you do see maniac stuff. You see posters, you see shirts and stuff like that. I give it a solid four. I just wish there would have been like Brett said, just some, a little more buildup of his character, a little more charm, like, you know, a little more scenes. And then the payoff would have been better. Yeah. I think, the ending. And less, grunt but I less grunting. The ending. <laughs> I didn't mind the grunting. It just kind of just kind of added to the creepiness. Um, but you know, the kill scenes were great, and that that shotgun scene is just the highlight. So that puts us at what an average that's of like three three point eight three. Yeah, three point eight three. So that's a that's a good solid rating. Um, I think that's probably one of the highest rated slasher films. Um, but uh, two things that I wanted to touch on what Alan said is is I was thinking about it. Yes, I could see this movie as being like one of these Italian like giallo films. Yeah, definitely. Like um, I could see where they probably derive some inspiration out of that. It kind of like almost like Tenebrae like a um, little bit. Yeah, and I, I mean, mean Tenebrae is a little bit. Yeah, Tenebrae is a little bit more psychological. Yeah, it is. Where this one is more of the slasher side. Tenebrae is a little more deeper in story. That's exactly. for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but I could definitely see the influence behind that. And the second thing is, is you said there was no protagonist, which there's really not if you take Frank as a single character. But if you take Frank as two characters, um, being that he has two personalities, you could see that his damaged side the one that is doing the, the killing is the antagonist, but the one who is suffering is the protagonist. And it's almost yeah, like, I think some could, I think some could see it that way. You could argue, you could argue that, you know, that abused little boy who hears his mother tell him to get in a closet and all that kind of stuff. That's the protagonist. Yeah. Like they're kind of battling each other a little bit. And he ultimately wins because he kills himself. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah that's true i'm thinking along the lines of like you know like up to this point i mentioned earlier up to this point you had like a mystery element like who's yes. the killer and you had somebody investigating there's no cop like there's no investigator or inspector in this yeah. film like yeah, yeah. trying to solve the murders you know no no yeah i don't think it really i don't think it really needed that either yeah no it didn't it didn't i i think uh the movie does a great job so i'm glad we all liked it um Actually, and Gene Siskel crapped on this movie. He walked Gene out when that's an asshole. Yeah, 
Uh, there was another film that came out maybe a year or two after this, um, similar in the fact that it had a $350,000 budget. This movie is called Madman. Directed, also like, I think filmed in, in New York, um, Long Island. Uh, yeah, you could kind of tell by some of the characters. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> also directed by, I'm going to fuck this name up, but Joe Giannone, Giannone? Giannone, yeah. Let me see. Hold on. I, I speak Italian. Hold on. Yeah. Giannone. Yeah, Giannone. Giannone. Yeah. I don't speak Italian. I, still was I don't either. I don't. I don't. <laughs> uh, I just so Mad- their movies. <laughs> Madman. Uh, directed by Joe Giannone. Written by Joe Giannone. Music by Joe... G- no. Uh, music by <laughs> Stephen... Horlick. Horlick. What an awful last name. That guy never got teased. No way. Yeah. Horlick. He got, he, but the funny thing was, is he only got teased because his name was spelled with a PH and not a V. No one, <laughs> no one paid attention to his last name. Just the fact that his first name was Stephen Horlick. Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He had a cousin whose last name was Prostitute Bite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Prostitute Bite. There's a little bit of... Uh, I don't know if I want to say confusion regarding the release. Uh, this movie was released on January 15th, 1982 in Delaware. It was released on January 7th, 1983 in New York and February <laughs> 18th, 1983 in New York or in Los Angeles. So I'm just going to go by the New York release date and just say it came out in 83. Uh, it was filmed in 81. It's a feel good hit of every summer. Yeah, exactly. I think back in the early 80s, you kind of still had like snail mail and stuff. So the reels <laughs> kind of had to take their time going to the West Coast. Who knows? Well, I do also think, too, we were, uh, we were on the tail end of like the whole grindhouse type thing. So people would tour with these films. Like they right. would have it, you know, the distributors, they were self distributing probably. So they had probably maybe three copies of it at most <laughs> <laughs> that, that they would tour with it. Um, yeah. So. I would have loved to have been a teenager in the early 80s, dude. Yeah. Just with all this stuff coming out. And pinball machines were killer, and concerts were killer. <laughs> Fuck, dude. And movies were killer. No cable. Um, Didn't need it. Go to the movies. <laughs> I remember going to the movies and concerts. Oh, so, long, yeah. so long ago. I remember so that, too. Uh, the movie... The movie, like I said, had a budget of $350,000, uh, box office whopping $1.3 million, which I get is, guess is a good return, yeah, right? That's four go. times your investment. It does star Galen Ross as Betsy. Galen Ross, uh, better known as Fran in Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, and did you see... George Romero's and Dawn of the Dead. she appeared under a different name. I wonder why. But she's not billed as Galen Ross. She's billed as Alexis Dubin or something like that. I was like, oh. Alexis Dubin, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got Tony Fish as TP. Hey, Tony. Tony Fish. Tony Fish. <laughs> Tony Fish. And then the next person billed was uh, Harriet Bass. You got Fish and Bass right next to each other. You can't build them in that order. Hey, Mick, I, split I, I, bet, I bet you at one point in Tony Fish's life, somebody said to him, hey, Tony, I hope you don't go with the fishes anytime soon. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Tony Fish looked like Chris Kattan. <laughs> he did. He looked like Chris Kattan. Uh, Harriet Bass, yep, as Stacy. Seth Jones as Davey. Jan Claire as Ellie, Alex Murphy as Bill, Jimmy Steele as Richie. Richie, I fucking hate that character. Carl Fredericks as Max, Michael Sullivan as Dippy, the chef. Did you guys and, think that uh, Max, because you said that, uh, what's his name, looked like Chris Kattan. I thought the guy that played Max looked like a hybrid of Mike Ditka, Tom Skerritt, Fat Val Kilmer, and, uh, and, and Burl Ives. Wow, that's, that's very observant. <laughs> a man of many faces. I and then, of you. course... <laughs> 
We got Paul Ellers as, as Madman Mad Mars. Madman Mars. Okay, so what'd you guys think? <laughs> yeah, that's about how much I want to talk about this movie, actually. Um, this movie... Uh... <laughs> First of all, this movie is a little bit all over the place right from the get-go. Uh, okay, TP. First of all, as many people... Why is there like, a character named TP? Well, I don't know, but it reminded me... Like As I'm watching this, I started laughing to myself because I'm like... We should take clips of this when the, everybody's in the woods yelling for TP, and it's like this is what it's like to be in quarantine. TP, TP. Dude, it's funny you say that because at one point in my notes it says Dave looks for TP, and I was like, it sounds like every Saturday of my life for like the past <laughs> couple months. Yeah. So, so let's uh, try to blast through it, through this if we can. It there's a campfire. There's there's it's like a it, campground. There's a okay, yeah. I'm not even. I'm gonna. I'll talk about all the fucked up things that I noticed yeah. in this movie. <laughs> my review. Um, there's camps. Uh, the head of the camp, uh, the director is like older tells guy. The story yeah, of Mike Madman Dicka. Mars. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Mike Dicka, Fat Val Kilmer, whatever you want to call him. He tells him the story of Madman Mars, who killed his family years ago, went crazy, and then went to a bar, and then got hanged. But they never found his body, and he still roams the uh, woods. And if you say yeah. his name too loud, he'll come and kill you. So yeah. Rich, and he killed his wife. He killed his kids. Yeah. Yep. So one of the one of the kids, uh, Richie, he yells out, "Madman Mars!" And <laughs> Max's uh, reactions also goes, "Oh, Richie, now you've done it. <laughs> now <laughs> you've done it, Richie." And uh, what'd you go and do that for, Richie? He's gonna come <laughs> now. What'd you do that? And then we have this character Betsy, who's like a fucking downer. She's like, you scared these girls to tears. Oh, that's Galen Ross, yeah. Yeah, let's I'm just like let, let, let's just go through this, and then we'll talk about all the things that we hated. Because um, <laughs> there's probably very little that we like. Um, so Richie goes to an, investigate to see if Madman Mars is really real. Um, wow, you skipped ahead a bunch. <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean, like everybody goes back, but Richie stays behind and then like we cut away from Richie. Richie sees Madman Mars, but he's just like, whatever. And then we cut away from, him. we don't see him for a long time. And I was like, is Richie even still alive? And yes. Yeah, we don't know. He lives yeah. till the end. Spoiler alert. He lives to the yeah. end. He should have been fucking the first one killed, but, but whatever. But, but before he goes looking TP, like they're going to like back to the cabins and TP's like, hey, well, let's, let's talk about this in a second. No, I'm no. Sorry. He's like, he's like, he's like, come on, Richie, move it, move it. And he's like, Hey, I'm moving. I'm moving. I'm moving here. <laughs> um, you know, all the counselors, there's like six adult counselor. I, I'm going to talk about that fucked up uh, ratio of counselors to uh, yes. kids. Why is there always like, there's always like 20 counselors and like five kids. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, the counselors, of course, uh, three boys, three girls, uh, they're all fucking one another. There's one counselor, uh, I forget what his name was, but he's kind of a psychopath, um, but not really, but he is. He's a weirdo. He's got the knife. Um, but anyway, uh, TP then goes look for Richie. He gets killed. Dippy gets killed. Everybody gets killed. Yes, everybody for, gets killed. Except for the kids. I guess not everybody. All the counselors get killed except for Galen Ross's counselor. No, she well, even she, gets, she killed. gets killed. Right she gets killed right at the end. Yeah, she gets killed. All the counselors get killed. Except for Richie. Well, let's backtrack. This fucking downer. She tells she tells the old man she's like she's concerned with his stories and the kids are in tears. Motherfucker, there was no kid crying. Like no, it was just like a, it was girl. It was just the, the really young girl, like the, the youngest of all the, like at first I was like, who are the kids? Because like <laughs> Some of the kids looked like the same age as the counselors. Yeah. Like teenagers. And none of them were. There was like an eight-year-old. 
She was just being a downer. It's like, motherfucker, if you don't like campfire stories, then fuck off. Yeah, it's yeah. a ghost story. Relax. <laughs> That's a ghost. It's a campfire. It's dark. Like, have some fucking fun. If you don't want to be a camp counselor, then fuck off. Yeah, so uh, Galen Ross's character, uh, Betsy, she puts all the kids in a bus. They all drive away. Uh, yeah. Mars, she goes to try to see if anybody else is still alive. No one else is still alive. <laughs> Mars kills her. Max drives up to the camp. And he sees Richie just standing there, and Richie's all, oh, what's going on? This is real. And then that's the fucking end. All right. So Wait, here's hold on. The- let's go back. Let's go back. Hold yeah, on. Hold I want to go back. I want to go yeah, back. Yeah, 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 I want to yeah. go back to, okay, first of all, the beginning. When TP's fucking TP kind of a is singing that song. Yeah. And he's like, Ooka Booka Luka Duka. Whatever the fuck he's That's like how the movie starts, right? Like right at the beginning. Yes. Yeah. It's the worst yeah. opening in the world. And I was like, what the fuck is going Dude, on? I think I, was, I think I got drunk like twenty minutes in. Like I had to keep getting up to get refills. Wait, and then and then he tries to be scary and then like he gets to the end of the song and he's like, Ugh, and then he tries to scare the girl, and the girl's just like, Whatever. Yeah. And doesn't he sing a second song? Like I don't know. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. know. I feel bad. It's but, like, it's probably how Alan feels in every episode. <laughs> but remember, he's he's trying to get in Betsy's pants, and Betsy's like, you're trying to... She's like... Well, he has like, gotten into Betsy's pants before this. And he yeah, has... But, she, like, but she's all pissed off. Yeah, she's all pissed off in. because she's like, I don't like how you're scaring the kids to tears. And I was like, motherfucker, they're not crying. And then he's like... Uh, so then like later on, like they're having dinner or something, and he's like, I want to propose a toast. And he's like, I'm sorry for apologize. what I did. I want to apologize. Yeah. I want to apologize. I want to propose a toast to some friends and lovers and love and all this other stuff. And then, like, all of a sudden, we get this scene in, like, a fucking bathtub. Okay. Like a, yeah, this is the scene tub. I want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So there's another good song that plays during this. Did it remind you of, um, have you guys ever seen the video that it was, like, a viral thing several years ago on YouTube or whatever? And it was the I'm jacking off to your Facebook pics song where this guy's, like, no. singing? Oh, it's I, awesome. I'm, I'm not on social media, yes. and, I don't, and I don't watch smut. Did it, so did it remind you of that, Brett? I'm jacking off to your Facebook pics. <laughs> jacking <laughs> off to <laughs> you, girl. So glad I'm not on the internet. Jacking off to you, Alan. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so they're in the hot tub, and we have another one of the greatest songs ever. And this is called I Don't Need Words, and it goes a little something like this. If you're gonna ask Why is this, why is that It's up to you So that's enough They're in the fucking hot tub Hold on, wait, 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 wait wait. Before, Before they get in the hot tub It's just them like taking off their pants And it's just like And you see you see his fucking. You see his hair. You see his hairy ass. Yeah, you see his you hairy see his ass and his belly button. His yeah. Belly button. <laughs> yeah. And then hold on. And then when they get in the hot tub, they're just spinning around like. And not only are they spinning around like they're going around like in a circle around it, like they're circling each other as they're like. I thought it was a whirlpool. And then they're also turning, so they're orbiting and rotating. And rotating. <laughs> like, like it's a science experiment. Yeah, um, and, it, and at the moment you're just thinking, what the fuck is this movie? Like, like mating, it's like a mating ritual, and and the song that I don't need words um, plays 
It goes like, on for a, a bit. Yeah. <laughs> like a five months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, oh, so yeah. bad. That, okay, that's so, really bad. The thing yeah. too is like, okay, this is a this is a camp, and I read <laughs> some, I read some stuff about it, and they're like, oh, uh, to they, when they were filming this, it was in the winter time, but they had to paint some leaves to make them look green, so it was like summer. And I'm like, no, it wasn't, because at the beginning he says your parents are coming up to visit you the last weekend before Thanksgiving. They can't even get their own <laughs> timeline right. <laughs> oh, it's like. Uh, trivia this like mistakes i'm like you're fucking insane but then you got a couple who's like let's go swimming yeah she says let's go swimming i'd be like it's fucking november you twit in new york november and wherever the fuck they are new york state it doesn't matter where you are in november unless they're in australia like november in every place like if you go swimming (laughs) in a lake freezing your ass off in arizona it gets the hottest here hey november i'm not going swimming no what's up What's up with this psycho girl? I think it was Stacy, where she's like in the forest for some fucking reason, and she's like climbing up a hill, and she's like verbally like encouraging herself, like she's like, "Come on, you old girl, like get up the fucking." Hill. It's like what the, fuck? like she's talking herself, talking herself through it, gets, and then she gets up the hill and she turns around, and she goes like a fucking yeah. raspberry, like yeah. what the fuck is wrong with you? Like she sticks. <laughs> Um, but you know what? She's I'll bitch, give it. She's a bitch to Betsy because she gives to Betsy and she goes, "I'm not afraid." Like she was like, in, like she was like, "I'm gonna go look for TP," and she's like, "I have like balls or something like that," and like in, in, insinuating oh, yeah. that Betsy was a wuss. <laughs> <laughs> not only that, hold on. There's a couple the 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 guy and the girl that go in the tent and they're the you know there's like she's 45 and the guy with right. the baba booey mustache yeah, he's got the mustache you know he's like hey I, you know I got the New York mustache you know and they're in the tent and then like fucking Stacy this weirdo in the fucking flannel she sticks her head in the tent and she like gives like the fucking campground report yeah and she's like and she's like and she's and she's like all right guys finish up but you don't have to rush yeah don't rush. So, but, her, like, but hurry. Going on, and it's like, you know, and they're like, what okay. was going on? Because you see their their four feet sticking out of the tent, right? Mm. And they're like all intertwined. It's like you don't have to like open up the tent to know what they're fucking doing. <laughs> ah! It's like who is this fucking girl with a fucking flannel when she sticks her head in the tent? She's like, By the way, that couple, is- that couple, that forty five year old girl, uh, she was the worst. When she died, like I was like almost happy. Was she the one that I'm, got like, her head cut off by the hood of the truck? No, that was Betsy. No, that was oh, okay. no, 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 that, uh, that was no, that was Stacy. That was Stacy. That was Stacy. You know what, guys? Oh, it doesn't was this, really doesn't matter. Was this uh, the girl, the, the Liza Minnelli looking chick? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, think, I think I don't know. Oh, and then there was like gets, a like an axe to the chest or something. There was like a drunk guy who we saw for like a minute, and he gets his throat That's slashed. Dip- yeah, he had like a Jack Daniels bottle. He was drinking. It was empty. He was the chef. Okay, so he was the chef. There's always there a chef six, in these movies. Always there was killed. There were six counselors, a camp director, and a chef. So and we like eight. Two, yeah, and eight, two kids. And two eight kids. employees. We have a counselor per kid. There was actually six <laughs> kids. We have a counselor per child. I was like, I don't know how they make money. And it was a it was a camp for like uh, smart kids. It was a camp for idiots. With very, very dumb counselors. And then you had and then you had like the fucking the old guy who told the story and like Max. he's telling the story, yeah, and he's like, Mad man, <laughs> And he didn't even say Mars. <laughs> he's just like Ma 
<laughs> it was like Richard Attenborough welcoming us. And to I can't remember. Remember. Like, remind me if, if like, if, wasn't it like some of the people, like some of the counselors and shit, they were like, what did he say? Like, <laughs> I was like, like, I was, I was thinking the same shit. He was like, I was like, what the fuck did he say? Did he say Mars? Did he say Mom? Do you like, think the director the was about to call cut? And he was like, eh, fuck it. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll go with it. <laughs> Joe, Joe, he was just like, hey, I ain't got time for this. Yeah. Uh, We're not so tight schedule here. Bus. You got the bus and he's sticking his hand through and she has like the weakest hits. Yeah. And then you hear him grunting. He's like, ow, 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 ow. <laughs> Talk about grunting. This guy was sounded like he was pushing out a turd the entire Dude, movie. Thought- <laughs> Let me show you something. Hold on. You know what this guy looked like? He looked like the Jack Link's fucking sass <laughs> <laughs> Yes. He's going, to, he's going to this camp. He's going to this camp looking for Gherkin. That's all he wanted. Like a messing with Sasquatch. Dude, and like his voice sounded like a gremlin. Like, like in gremlin, oh. like yum, yum, yum. Yeah. Hold on. There were some scenes where you heard like giggling, like a gremlin giggling. Yeah. Remember those scenes? There was like. It was like, <laughs> it was so like what this, the fuck was that? This movie, like the impetus behind this movie was The Legend of Cropsy. Uh, in New York. Yeah, and the burning beat but, him to it, right? But you know what's funny is the burning cost $1.5 million to make and made $700,000 in the box office. Oh. This cost 50000 and made one point three. So bullshit. But the burning was way better, although I don't think I really like was like a huge fan of the burning. Like, I, don't, I mean, I, I don't think it's bad. No, burning's yeah, great. I liked it. What did we review it? We got to look back, but, you know. Yeah. The thing about this movie, so yeah, so they wanted to make a movie about Cropsy, then The Burning came out, and they're like, well, I guess we can't fucking do that. And so they just changed, like, I don't know, I guess, like, a little bit of it. I think The Burning had better performances. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah. Come on. Like, I, <laughs> my, my third grade play. I thought Mad Men's performances were wonderful. The Burning had George Costanza. Mm-hmm. It did. Uh, the Burning, we gave it overall a three. Uh, yeah, that's, that's solid. That's a solid three. Yeah, so I, I, I just think this movie lacked in a lot of areas. Uh, mainly... I like the burning the most. I gave it a three and a half. Okay, we're not we're not talking about the fucking burning. <laughs> I'd rather talk <laughs> about the burning than this. But I think this movie lacked in a lot of areas, namely sure, all of sure, them. Sure. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know think... what? Hold on. There's one. I, there's one area I will give it credit. But go ahead. Well. What I was going to say was all the acting was shitty. Even Galen Ross, who had done a pretty big film, like she, you know, she was in Dawn of the Dead, like one of the best zombie films of all fucking time. Arguably one of the best movies of all time, I think. (laughs) Well, it's definitely up there as far as like horror classics go. But um, the direction, the story was haphazard at best. The, The Richie character just pissed me off. The fact that he survived pissed me off. The whole camp thing, it's like, okay. You know, the burning did a camp. Uh, uh, Sleepaway Friday Thirteenth did yeah. a camp. It's like let's get away from camp. Maybe it could just be people out in the woods. I don't know. But and that's th- what I like about Maniac. Maniac was a, was a lot better because it was like a. But but we already talked about Maniac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, no, no. The the special effects in this movie were hardly special and hardly effects. Uh, <laughs> There were like somebody with a bucket of paint, like splattering yeah. it over there. Right. And the I Man- thought there were some good moments, but mm, the Mad Mars character, like, I guess I kind of he looked like an Ugnaught from fucking uh, Empire. He was the Jack Link. He was the Jack Link's Bigfoot, which I he almost just want some jerky. Give <laughs> him some jerky, he'll go away. 
But he wasn't big enough to be the Jack Link's uh, Bigfoot. But he he was he's all he's all like he was the really, dad. Like, bad, like he had like bad uh, like gloves on. Yeah, he looked like, like a lumberjack kind of looking. He character. looked like he smelled bad. Yeah, he wasn't he very like intimidating looking. No. Yeah. Uh, so what'd you so rate over, it? <laughs> overall, yeah, overall, I'm gonna rate this movie. Oh God, what am I gonna rate it? Uh, All right, now you gotta think what, back what to movies have? that you really hate. I'm thinking back and I'm thinking ahead. Uh, I'm going to give this a one and a half. <laughs> okay. I, I, I give it one and a half for effort. A one and a half for that song. and the, and the <laughs> I give it one and a half because it's almost more humorous than it yeah, is yeah. anything else. It is. It is. It is. Yeah, I gave it a one. So, uh, yeah, I might be able right to get talked you. down. No, you're good. If it gives it a one, I'll go down to a one. This movie could have been just called person goes looking for another person in the woods because like that's the entire plot like <laughs> someone goes out and like they die another mm. then the person goes and looks for that person and then they go out and they get killed and then someone goes out and like that is the entire movie like that's the sequence of events it's just looking yeah. for people and dying and i gave it a one because i liked i had parts that i will never forget like the the hot tub weird creepy song um and that's about <laughs> it there this movie was like instantly forgettable, really. Like other than like those weird parts, but like I had to look at my notes like the very next day, and I was like, "What even happened in this movie?" Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so overall, uh, really, really bad movie. I, I, I'm, I'll probably never watch it ever again. So that's a one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only thing I'll get it credit credit for is I liked when characters died, like because I hated, <laughs> I like no like. I hated the characters. It was like, okay, like TP, it's like, you know, when he got, he got hanged and you thought he was going to live because he pulled himself up on the branch and then like he fucking, it, then there that it is. That was kind of cool. There it is again with like the TP belt buckle. Yeah. He pulls it down and like he, you know, he dies. And like, I, I will give it credit for this as well. Like, like the, I don't even know. I wouldn't even call it music, David. It was like, um, it was like, I don't, yeah, I don't remember anything about the music. So I I know, I know, but I I paid attention to this part. It was like synthesizer, but it was a very, it wasn't your typical horror synth sound. It was very. It sounded to me like someone was carrying a synthesizer through the woods and they were like playing it every time they walked up. Like a a, a battery operated synthesizer. the The scene, the scene where TP died he did something with the music where it was just like, wow, that was kind of cool because I was listening to it with headphones. I was watching it on a laptop and it sounded really cool when he died. So the highlights were very few and far between. I liked when the characters died because I hated the characters. There was no likable character. There was no like character. Did you like when they found, uh, I think it was when they found TP's body, that guy, Dave, like the, yeah. guy, the body like falls on him and he doesn't really even react. He's just kind of like, ah, when the girl finds Dave dead, his body's just laying there like lifeless. And she's like, Dave, you all right? And like, he doesn't even have a head. He's, he's, he's not all right. And then yeah. doesn't the body like slink away? Like it like goes yeah, up I over so. a log. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, How do you do that? Yeah. It's weird. Like there's no <laughs> likable character. not really any story, but it, but I, I will admit it was fun watching them die. And you know, not every kill was great, but I liked when TP got hung. I like when um, I thought it was, was cool. Home, right? I like thought it was a horse. cool scene where, like, um, there's a scene it. where Betsy has the shotgun 
and she gets freaked out because like she shoots the girl. She shoots the girl. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. She shoots that one who was like a bitch to her. She shoots the one. Who yeah, was, I think her like, name was like Ellie or something like that. She's the one that like screamed when she saw the one, and like the one girl got her head decapitated in the in the engine. Yeah, in yeah. the truck. So there were some moments, you know, but everything else was crap. I give it a one and a half. So yeah, what's that? One point three three or something? Yeah, yeah. I would say watch it with a group of people. If you drink, if you, if you drink that, that'll help. Yeah, but. It definitely didn't age well. It didn't no, age well. No, it's pretty. It's pretty shitty. You might think Madman is really good. You might think Maniac is really bad. But if you agree with us, if you disagree with us, you should definitely try to contact us. Uh, we do get email from uh, listeners from time to time. We do get messages on Twitter and on um, uh, Instagram, and we're always trying to respond as quickly as possible. So please reach out to us. How can they reach us, David? Uh, if you're on Twitter, Facebook, or the Slash Wrap, just search for The Swearwolves. Uh, if you're on Instagram, we're The Swearwolves Podcast. Uh, we have The Swearwolves YouTube channel. Uh, you can go to our website, theswearwolves.com, or you can email us directly at swearwolvespodcast at gmail.com. All right, so for The Swearwolves this week, I'm Brett. I'm David. I'm Alan. And speaking of maniacs and madmen, fuck Trump. <laughs> To your Facebook pics Yeah, jacking off to you And girl, I swear it's true I'm jacking off to you, girl um, David, um, we're going to pause real quick Because uh, you're frozen up on my end Okay um, And I couldn't really hear what you said David, you're frozen in time We can't hear anything right now Motherfucker I heard fuck, that was it <laughs> uh, What I said was deeply profound yeah, David, you froze again. God damn you. There's going to be a lot of editing on this. Yeah, yay. Have fun. <laughs>